Thank God I am not like one of these people. Thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector over here. Let it never be said of our Lord that he didn't have a sense of humor. In the last several weeks, we have encountered a series of social parables, some heartening, some sober, some downright terrifying. But this is the first comic one. Two men went up to a temple to pray. It's not quite a Pharisee and a tax collector walk into a bar, but it's close enough. The preposterousness of our Pharisee's self-regard, the inflation of his ego, the utter lack of self-consciousness. This is surely the stuff of good satire. Now, what's really good satire is that today's lesson from Luke is paired with the second epistle of St. Paul to Timothy. I quote, from now on there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me. God, I thank you that I am not like other people. There's nothing new under the sun, and as the psalmist tells us, verily every man living is vanity. It is an indictment to be sure, but it's also a little bit funny. Who among us hasn't been this Pharisee? That insatiable need to be right, that little bit of smugness, that warm glow of self-satisfaction. The problem isn't that our friend is fasting twice a week or that he's tithing a tenth of his income. I think surely these are both good things to do, hard things to do, things we might all consider doing. It's rather more that he's taking the time to remind God that he's done them, and just loud enough that that poor unfortunate soul down the way a little bit can hear it. I suspect we all have an inner Pharisee. Perhaps yours doesn't come out in the temple. Maybe it's some other venue of our shared social and cultural and political lives. Religion and activism might lend themselves to this kind of posture, but wherever two or three are gathered together, one of us is bound to feel a little bit holier than thou. But that's the point. It's so natural to the human experience that none of us escapes it not even St. Paul. And for as much as we can play the Pharisee, we are all always a little bit the tax collector as well. That sense of fear, shame, anxiety, unworthiness, regret. I wonder if our greatest performances of virtue are not often reflective of our deepest moments of self-doubt. And this, peculiarly, is where St. Paul again comes to the rescue. Because what he says is not just, from now on there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, has given me. But he also says, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Perhaps we can forgive Paul his slightly inflated self-regard because it is actually the product of a great forbearance and a reflection of profound hope, not only for himself, but also for all of his brothers and sisters in Christ. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul is acutely aware of his isolation and loneliness in the journey of Christian discipleship. And yet, at the same time, he steps out of himself just long enough. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. 
May it not be counted against them. Paul understands that what lies at the core of the Christian message is forgiveness, his ability to forgive those around him, those who abandoned him, those who fell away from the faith, is just a tiny simulacrum of the divine forgiveness granted to us all through our Lord Jesus Christ. I think this is the forgiveness that our tax collector is searching for and what Jesus tells us he will find. He draws near with faith, with humility, and with just enough courage to overcome his own fears and self-loathing. He may not be able to forgive himself, but he approaches a God whose mercy is unbounded. Now, our Pharisee, on the other hand, rather misses the mark. It's not so much that his vision of salvation is bound up in works, because we'll all remember in his second epistle, James asks us, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Surely that faith cannot save, can it? If a brother or a sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what's the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. No, our Pharisee's vision of salvation is bound up in the wrong kind of works, in what he does and how often he fasts and how much he tithes. It's a piety that he projects onto others, a piety that's meant perhaps a bit to shame, a peculiar performance of his own virtue. The Pharisee does not realize that the business of forgiveness is work, asking for it, giving it, living into it. Jesus doesn't tell us that our Pharisee is damned or that he will burn in the fires of conscience like Lazarus's rich man a few weeks ago, just that he's going to be humbled. Surely we've all known that feeling of what it means to be cut down to size. It's part of living. It happens to us all even when we think we are fighting the good fight and running the race and keeping the faith. So today's lesson reminds us that God is ever-present in the act of forgiveness. There's so much about the Gospel of Luke that is dear to us as Christians, and I think especially as Anglicans, so much of Luke that we literally sing out. Think of the Magnificat, Mary's song at the Annunciation of the Angel, or the Nunc Dimittis when Simeon is in the temple and sees Jesus Christ brought in. These are the canticles that we sing in Evensong. They're the texts you might have ringing in the back of your head. But what's at the core of these canticles? Well, for one, humility. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. And also, forbearance. In Simeon's words, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Not all of Luke is such poetry. Some of it's prosaic, some of it stern, some of it, like today, a little bit humorous. But the messages are all the same. Humility, kindness, forgiveness. We're constantly singing out the gospel of Luke in the choir stalls. So let us sing it out, or to use the words of the prayer book, show it forth in our own lives, forgiving others as Christ forgave us. 
And so, trusting in God's boundless mercy, we pray to the Father, happy are they whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on the pilgrim's way. Amen.